And welcome to Remedial Lit. I'm Spencer. Here with me is Fletcher. Absolutely. Madre. Yep. And today we also have a special guest star, Connor. Hello. And I'd like to start this off with a little bit of background on the author, Victoria Elizabeth Schwab. She has wrote a lot of stuff. I think she like the Shades of Magic series, Near Witch, Monsters of Verity, and a lot of like standalone vampire romance literature. Yeah, unfortunately, the Shades of Magic didn't do quite as good as the rest of the book in the Shades series. Connor, we don't read books. That's the point of our, that's why we're here. Of the vampire stuff, she did the uh, Netflix show, The First Kill short story, which I'm going to say, mint, top tier productions, highest quality imaginable. I would have to recommend it to anyone with a lot of time to kill, eight hours approximately. It doesn't answer a lot of questions, and it did get canceled, so you're never going to find the answer to that. But if you want to sit back and watch a bunch of poorly acted teenage romance, I can't think of anything better. It sounds like you're being facetious. I thought they they kept that all on CW. Well, they're expanding. Netflix has to find some new markets, I guess. What's weird to me is that that got an adaptation, but this book didn't. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, it's... Uh, She was holding out for a bigger deal, Spencer. Well, I think she might have misplayed her hand if what she got was first kill. Because, like, it's weird. This book actually would be very simple to film as a movie. It'd be very cheap, probably pretty decent. So it's just strange to me that they went with something else. Uh, We start off the book here with the caveat that this is a romance. And you guys, like, really aren't romance fans, are you? I I hate romance. It's not in my heart, no. It can exist within a story. It's not the purpose of a story. Human emotion and love is not the purpose of a story is your argument? No, because human emotion should exist irrespective of events going on around it. You need something more than just normal romance to sell me on a book i can't be ground in the human experience i need something factual no tangible i need something that actually holds my interest would you like to read this book by mr shapiro (laughs) well we start off this book here with a little preface from the author giving us a warning that the gods are fickle you better be willing to pay their price and never under any circumstances call the gods who answer after night do the gods accept cash They don't do collect calls, I don't think. Wait, this is a story about romance, right? This is a story about romance. We're going to get there. And we're bringing in dark gods. That's what we start with, yes. By no means look in their dreamy, starry eyes and find yourself awash. Dark gods is actually a problematic term. We prefer to think of them as the old ones. Well, old ones, dark gods, starry eyes... You guys just pretty much summed up the big reveal of the last half of the book, so I'm glad that we can open so strong. Madre is rubbing his head and looking off to the side right now, cursed with prophecy. (laughs) We're going to get our royalty check, right? It's not going to be a big one. You know, no, no film adaptation, Connor. I don't make the rules here. Well, we start off with 1714, and a girl is running from her wedding. This is all told third person, by the way, which is how we know it's her wedding. And she flees into the woods, and then we get a smash cut to a description of a carving of a wooden bird that has been destroyed. Okay, now forget all that, because it's not important. Now we go to 2014, New York City, baby. Oh, this is another story with multiple storylines. Yeah, you're going to have to split your two remaining brain cells to try to keep track of this, I'm afraid. I'm trying. Well, we open, and she's in bed, she's sleeping, she apparently has stayed the night with this guy, and we find out that she is cursed. 
because when she gets up, she starts writing her name, and it disappears as she's going along. It just kind of vanishes magically. And she makes the comment that the same thing would happen if it was paper or like any other kind of medium. No, my package. I swear I was here. <laughs> yeah, she's, a, she's the menace to FedEx drivers, I suppose. That's the real curse. You won't be able to use your Amazon Prime benefits. It's amazing she's still amused by this little trick. Well, the ultimate cougar at 300 years, I guess she has to circle back to the same tricks, which is probably a form of hell, because we find out later that she also has a perfect memory since her curse began, like eidetic. She can recall every single memory with perfect detail. So, I mean, I'd get bored about 50 years in and call it quits. Yeah, but, but you can do, like, any job if you have an identical Wouldn't the memory. human mind just go insane after that point? Not with the power of magic. Oh, you forgot about that, Connor. You got, a ma- you got a magic memory bank up in there in the cloud. Yeah, doesn't your brain have like a limited amount of memory? You got to suspend that disbelief a little higher, boys. A little higher off the ground. Pull, tug on the rope a little bit. Hoist <laughs> Wait, the tent pole. I'm, I'm pulling the rope, but I think I'm bringing down the building. So the guy Toby, he wakes up. Turns out he's a musician. She's been living there for weeks, and she talks about like all the adventures and stuff they do, and she's met him every single day. And she reintroduces herself and then uses prior knowledge she's gained to manipulate him into having a relationship that day. All relationships are based on manipulation. Well, thank you, Mr. Edgelord. I'm glad that you're here for the romance discussion. This is as creepy as Adam Sandler in 51st Days. No, I'd say it's even creepier because in that story, Adam Sandler is still just a normal dude. She apparently has had 300 years to master and refine the art of psychological manipulation and then employ it for her own whims. I'd fall for her. Well, great, Fletcher. If she's single, I'll, I'll try to hook you up. If I remember, we uh, we then jump and we find out that he wakes up and they're playing a song together and he is like slowly getting bits and pieces of it done because she's been incepting ideas into his brain like every day for the past couple of weeks. It's her thing. Like later on, we find out that she just does this with all artists. Like she has them paint her or write about her or make songs for her. So wouldn't art lose like all of its value for you if it was always about you and the ideas you made like it's because she doesn't have a history madre she's just trying to leave her mark on the world the only way she knows how through a loophole and a satanic bargain but wouldn't that be like if i went back and made the mona lisa me and the statue of michelangelo me and the sistine chapel me well what we're forgetting madre is that this is a prime cougar 300 year old woman i can't think of a bigger ego also most of those would have already been made the marks already been done i was giving them example of great art that there has been no great art in the past 300 years okay great so we have a perfect extra view for a romance novel coming in the hanging gardens of madre well, i hope you like art connor because you're about to get bombarded with it for the next summed up 17 hours this book has a hard-on for art more than any other book I've ever read. And it doesn't just use it as a metaphor, it uses it like a noun. It loves anything that's artistic. It it gets a little grating later on. Right in the early part, it's not that bad. We uh, do get a flashback here after Addie walks into a New York City boutique and steals some clothes using her magic powers to be forgotten. And, you know, we find out she has a magic ring that falls out of her pocket that she just kind of ignores and walks away from. So wait, do people just immediately lose sight of her? Quick note, can we we go back to that magic ring? 
No, we can't actually go back to the magic ring yet. Oh, that's it's for gone later. Now. That's for later. It is gone. It magically reappears. I think it shows up about every other page, so don't worry. It's com- we're going to circle back to it. Fletcher, for your question, they do immediately forget about her, apparently as soon as she breaks line of sight. So if she turns a corner, closes a door, plays peekaboo with them. It's kind of cartoonish for a satanic curse. So what curse. she just walks out the door with like those clothes and somebody's like, hey, shoplifter, like in Home Alone. and They'd forget as soon as she closes the door. Okay, but they've said shoplifter. No, so they would probably notice the shrinkage in inventory, but they'd probably just chalk it up to someone they missed. Yeah, she also can't be caught on any kind of film, camera, Polaroid. She's a a vampire? It does describe it kind of like that way, because it gets all blurry. Maybe she's just got a messed up face, and that's the second part of the curse. We uh, find out Addie's backstory. She comes from a small village in France, and as a kid, her dad took her to market, and she loved to leave her crappy little town. Like Even as a kid... As an eight-year-old, she is just an annoying little snob because she ta- constantly talks about how much better she is than other people in town who lead sad little lives and how she doesn't want to get caught in a dumb rural environment, which is, to me is a weird view to have as like an 18th century French peasant. Mr. as we all know, 18th century France under absolutist, absolutist rule was in fact a perfect utopia of society and progress. It's a very feminist society, which is why her mom wants her to practice being an awesome feminist by staying home from market as soon as she hits puberty. And there's no other implied reason why she wouldn't be allowed to go to a scary big town once she starts becoming a teenager. We uh, also find out that her dad was a woodworking artist, and he taught her how to draw with like charcoal and bits of paper, and we find out that she loves art from an early age. I hope that doesn't come back later. Wouldn't that be weird? We also find out that uh, she is roasting every dude in town. She goes along and talks about how stupid, ugly, clumsy, weak all these dudes in town are. Man, if only she could be a Reddit moderator. But, like, how sick are these burns? They're actually not even sick. It's just her complaining is the thing. It's the thing is it's not entertaining. It's just her complaining. Except about the old witch who lives at the corner of town, Estelle. Huh? You mean, when you say witch, do you mean self-declared witch? Yes, I do. Okay. Does the town know this? Why would, in 18th century France, why would you declare yourself a witch? Like, I know most witch hunts had already passed by on this point, but... Because it's super epic. It's kind of a boss power move, Connor. And if you were a witch, maybe you'd understand. Unfortunately, you can't commune with the nature spirits. Oh, so she's just a girl boss and the king just let it go. I guess they had better stuff to do. Or maybe everyone just forgets about her after they've seen her, too. Ooh, declaring, an, declaring yourself a witch is like an ollie ollie oxen for you for being burned at the stake. <laughs> And then Addie's just kind of like chilling around town and periodically she draws in her notebook and talks about her ideal man that she sketches with the best features of every dude in town. Ironic punishment division. It just turns out to be her again. Like she can only <laughs> create herself as her ideal match. I think that's, that's how the Mona, they theorized the Mona Lisa was made. Da Vinci just drew himself as a chick. Yeah, well, I don't. Yo. I don't think any of the artists she's hooking up with are Michelangelo here. It seems like a lot of them live in terrible rent-controlled apartments in New York City, and she's maybe exaggerating their talent a bit. Kind of sounds like she's a loser. They make art about her. How bad could it be? Oh, dude, 
that's another thing. We don't even get a description of this chick. Like, it's kind of vague, and it does give, like, a brief physical description. But after that initial one, she, like, never talks about herself again, except, like, as introspective. So it becomes don't very... Don't you get it, Spencer? No, I don't, actually. I don't get it, because it's not written down. That's the problem. So That's the issue. 17 hours in, I begin to lose my mental picture. I don't have that kind of fortitude. It's just like J.K. Rowling. She never described her characters. <laughs> Does she even describe herself as pretty? Well, if she's a romance main character, she's probably going to be very, very plain, but somehow attractive to everybody. Yeah, she's a real Anne Hathaway type, Straight I assume. Straight hair, uh, tallish body type, thin would be more described as cute than beautiful. Is she Caucasian? She's, She's from 1714 France. France. I'd imagine yes. You never know. Yeah, I, I, I have a pretty good idea, I think. Well, we get a... Fletcher, for you, this is set in the modern day, okay? And she's stealing her way across New York, grabbing just whatever she wants, because she spends her days, I guess, stealing books and hanging out in movie theaters and just kind of like frivolously wasting it. With her immortality, this is the best she can think to do. And then we get a different flashback in the past, Fletcher, where we find out that she's going to get married off to this ugly dude named Roger. Uh, describe who is Roger. What does he do? It, do, it doesn't Roger. matter. He exists only to be a widower who her parents are going to marry her off to. He could have been a nice, kind old man. He doesn't have a single line. He's not a nice old man. In fact, at one point, she uh, apparently prays for his death so that she doesn't have to get married to him. And this is where she utilizes all of the training the old witch she hung out with as a kid gave her, where she starts trying to pray to different nature spirits and old gods by burying things and tossing stuff in the river, asking for any kind of help to cancel the wedding. Well, she doesn't sound Does he nice. die? Now, that would have been a great concept for the book, oh. and then just the ways that he doesn't die. A Mr. Magoo-esque <laughs> survival scenario? This must be the wedding she runs out of at the beginning of the book. Whoa, Fletcher. I, that's I, amazing that you piece that together. An ox cart flips over on it's, top of him, just all, lifts it off, and gets back up. Fine. It's all starting to come together. Yeah, it's the, that's the problem, is that it's starting to come together. Because this is where shit gets bad for her, and stuff starts to happen for us, the reader. Yay. She's uh, happier being alone, so she runs off from her wedding, and we find out that she's just, like, praying to any god who will listen right as the sun sets down. And apparently, that's enough of a legal loophole for uh, the darkness to show up, forming out of the shadows. The man who she kept drawing in her picture books as a child, the perfect man, emerges from the shadows. How romantic. Yeah, actually, he's kind of a cunt. I'm not going to lie here. Because uh, she offers him the ring... And he just crumbles it into dust in front of her, which I'm not going to lie, was pretty sick at the moment. I that, that is exactly what my perfect man would do. That's what we call a power move. Well, I imagine this dude is speaking like Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast because they're in France. So it's a lot less threatening when he shows up and he starts talking like a candlestick. Oh, hello. Let me introduce myself, madame. I go by many names, but you can make call me. Satan. I thought he'd be have like the the voice of like the darkness from the darkness games. Well, she makes a wish with him where she says she doesn't want to belong to anyone. She wants to be free and she wants all the time in the world. And so the devil turns her down. He's like, actually, I'm not going to accept that deal. That seems like a bad end on bad deal on my end, and I'm just not going to take it. And then she gets up and kind of like screams, "You have to!" What? 
What? Yeah, well, she she gets up in his face and like, no, you have to take this deal. I demand you take my soul. And he Wait, does. Wait, Apparently, what? she just needed to be more forceful. He's like, yeah, actually, on, on second thought, if I get your soul, sweet. Spencer, it's it's reverse psychology. You see, you say you tell a woman you don't want to do something, and then all of a sudden, they'll jump to it. No, it's that this version of the devil is the most easily psychologically manipulated simp in any form of literature that I've come across. Connor, what's the exchange ratio for souls to money? Ooh, that's a... That's a Tough question, Fletcher. It depends on the quality of the soul. I'm going to say not much for her. Well, he apparently sees enough because he kisses her, seals the deal, and then we snap back to the modern day, Fletcher, Aww. and she's just chilling in a movie theater that she snuck into. She uh, gets some popcorn that she steals. She gets some soda that she steals. <laughs> and then she kicks back and enjoys her day being an immortal with no care in the world. In the seat that she steals. Well, it's an empty movie theater. That part I'll let slide. The movie's going to play regardless, but... She talks about how much she loves movies and how every other invention that mankind has produced has not really wowed her the same way. What about photographs that preceded movies? Well, Connor, we have airplanes, medicine, spaceships, but none of that is as fun to talk about as a movie, is it? So I guess movies went out. So does she watch, like, romance movies? She watches apparently anything, because that's, like, one of her things. What was playing in 2014? I'm trying to flashback. Nothing good, I can assure you. Nothing that would probably wow an immortal being who's been alive 300 years. I think you've seen it all at that Definitely point. Definitely not 2012. So she like is just waiting for Toby to go up on stage, and then she stalks into his bar and prepares to start mind-fucking him again. And then that's when she realizes that, I guess she's bored of him, <laughs> and she instead goes <laughs> to a penthouse because she randomly met a famous rich actor and became friends with him that very day and at first she thought it was a date and then she realized that he was gay and just using her as a beard for media cover what ah, get wow. used and all of this happens while they're still within sight of each other because he doesn't like the curse doesn't affect him so i can only what? Re- yeah all this takes place in one day where she just like meets a famous actor and then like he's like yeah i'm actually gay but we can still hang out and be friends i guess friendship and then they go i think it's all a setup just so she can have a penthouse to go chilling because then she's chilling up watching over the city drinking champagne that she stole and uh she is just like looking out over the city lamenting how she can't hold on to physical objects as part of the curse you see sooner or later everything disappears wait like that champagne yeah or that cashmere scarf she's gonna steal on her way out Dude, this chick sucks. <laughs> so she was entrusted with the secret of his sexuality within the first day, even though the media didn't know. She has a very trustworthy face, I assume. So wait, yeah, Does what? he just tell this to every girl he meets? Like, you're my girlfriend for the next however long. That would be a great story in and of itself. I'd read the fuck out of that. So if, like, TV media or whoever, like, records her face and they're like, hey, this is so-and-so's new girlfriend. Does that actually happens. Uh, she shows up with a blurry face like she's in motion. On every single piece of media. Yes. Hey, wouldn't anybody would catch on more to this? Distress. <laughs> yeah, like you'd think there'd be like some ripple effects. But Gay Sasquatch spotted in New York. <laughs> Who is the mysterious girlfriend of the famous actor? Don't worry about it. It's just some mystery girl. We move on, and uh, we have a flashback again, Fletcher. Ah. Yeah, it's weird because like it's so intercut within this book. It, like, it jumps back, forth, back and forth pretty freely. 18th century France. For now. We uh, have her moping around the village, and it's like it's a wonderful life kind of deal where she sees all of her friends, and none of them remember her. It's like she's never been there, and it seems like they're actually doing pretty okay. Well, considering how petty and mopey she was, I mean, this this would be like that, wouldn't it? Everybody's lives would get better. (laughs) Yeah, she got got their curse, and it's like their curse was lifted. (laughs) 
And then she, so she starts getting frustrated because like no one's remembering her, and she like smashes over a bunch of stuff. Why won't you notice me? Well, then it immediately resets because we find out that she also can't interact with the world in any meaningful way. She can steal. Apparently, that's okay. Like the devil has a sense of humor. Is like this is gonna be fucking epic, dude. So she goes from regular unremarkable to supernaturally unremarkable. Yeah, and uh, she knocks over like a bunch of her dad's wooden birds, and uh, she picks one up and takes it with her. And the thing here is, I immediately thought of the movie The Room with the oh. actor Tommy Wiseau, ah. who claimed to make his fortune selling small wooden birds on the boardwalk. And so, from is that this a bit of trivia you shared for he's us, he's also today? from France. No, it's it's to, ex- no, no, it's to explain Connor that uh, whenever her dad did show back up in the story, I could only imagine her, him as having long, greasy black hair and speaking in an insane accent, which makes the whole like him forgetting his daughter and dying alone thing actually kind of funny like it was, it was just like a normal french dude i do not know her i do not oh hi satan <laughs> we uh move on and we find out that she's just like stealing her way across the french countryside and the issue here is i just got hungry as hell because she's talking about all this delicious fruit she's taking like picking right off the tree and bread she's taking out of the ovens like it sounds pretty good i'm not gonna lie she's just stealing food across the countryside fletcher what a bitch well I, I she can't exactly spend money i think that's her defense here yeah why can't she keep money does that disappear it does actually oh my god it's been established we uh find she goes to this town of le mans where uh you know as a child she went and as an adult she almost gets horribly raped by a pair of thieves after she tries to steal from them so oh. what happens if like what happens if what she has like sex with somebody but then they like turn away mid mid sex well we get an answer to that theoretical here when uh yeah when they pull some knives on her and so she pulls her knife and stabs one of them in the leg (laughs) i guess that's one possession she could (laughs) wow pete i can't believe you just stabbed yourself in the leg she gives a bunch of rotation no because she runs out and as soon as she breaks like line of sight the leg wound just instantly heals and they forget what they were doing and go back like she is supernaturally incapable of affecting the world which is why we get the whole like i need to affect art thing to like stay relevant and not go insane and then she leaves that town just proceeds on to paris because i guess she's not having a super great time in this like shitty little slightly less small french village she wanted to duck out before the revolution well she seems to get bored super easy because she's chilling in the penthouse for one day and then she's like i need to go see the city again yeah even before she became mortal she was very detached from everything i like to think of her as adhd larue it <laughs> seems to have a, a bit more truth in the name and you know since she can't speak her own name as part of the curse exhibiting some sociopathic tendencies like manipulating people no that part's pretty funny that's like par for the course sociopathy is pretty funny I mean, I get a great laugh, like, when she uh, meets up with this dude in the bookstore, Henry, the other main love interest, and she tries to just walk out with a book, hoping he'll forget so she can steal that, too. It's a bit of a... It's like a game. That's the way, that's the way you should think about it, Connor. And in this game, he apparently can remember for some reason. Wait, but why? That's against the rules. Well... Judge! Does judge. he also have a deal with Satan or something? You called it, Fletcher. <laughs> I was gonna stop. sneak it in there. <laughs> But you managed to you managed to call it. Congratulations! Are you a romance novel co-written by one Fletcher. 
he, I'm uh, too good. We get his point of view, and this is like the first point of view shift, and it's revealed that like he's an ex theology student from freaking Columbia University. Like he's <laughs> he has his masters because he was working on his doctor, and he's working like this ratty little bookstore. So he got a master's in theology, went for the doctorate, and flunked out, couldn't finish his grad paper. Yeah, because he got super upset when his ex-girlfriend dumped him. So oh like, the best God. he could do with like a master's is... Work in a, a bookstore. A yeah, bookstore? Welcome, welcome to New York, I guess. Well, anyway, he looks exactly like the darkness. We'll just, uh, the, the creepy guy with, the, with all the perfect features she drew. Kind of a photocopy. We'll ignore that for <laughs> now. It seems like a red flag. And uh, instead, he goes and hangs out at a party with a bunch of hipsters after like he catches Addy stealing and is just like, well, don't do it again, okay? And this isn't even in English, by the way, because it's in Greek. Which she apparently knows like seven languages, and she makes the joke, a little quip, hmm, perhaps I should have stolen this in English, which is enough of like a laugh, I guess, for him to just stop caring. Bazinga. <laughs> We uh, have him hang out with all of his theater friends, and every single friend that Henry has is related to art in some way. He has his actor, best friend, ex-boyfriend. We have his other friend who is doing her master's or doctorate in, like, art critic history or something. This guy's just a hipster? He is hanging around Brooklyn, Fletcher. Did you say art critic history? Is that a history of art critics? I, I misspoke, okay? I'm not a smart man. I don't remember exactly. The word art gets thrown around like 9,000 times, Connor. It all blurs together. I can't keep it straight. Everything's art. Nothing is art. We uh, have henry and he's just doing that and he's super upset he's like at this insane like loft party or something just moping around so you know they're a match made in heaven and he starts talking about how sad he is then he just has sex with a random girl because he's so heartbroken he needs to feel better wait is that is that how you get girls you just mope around at a party oh did i forget to mention that uh everyone is supernaturally attracted to him for no reason i was about to say when they they look at him they just see whatever they want to see they just have sex with him yeah that was, what was so that how does he describe himself then? Very plain. <laughs> Casual <laughs> sex was the real magic all along. Hey Satan! I, uh, I, what's the uh, what's the going cost again these days? Just like I'm pricing around, I'm looking at some different stuff. Do I gotta Satan. kiss you to seal the deal? <laughs> it turns out Satan is the best wingman in history. <laughs> we uh, flash back again, and now we're in 1714 in Paris, Fletcher. I'll give you the date, the place. Okay, so we're in Paris. Yes, and because she made her way there, and she's freezing to death because a cold snap moved over the city. Why doesn't she just move into a house? Because she can't, because she can't buy a house because she has no money, because she can't get a job. No one remembers her. Is she able to be frozen to death? Uh, Well, apparently she freezes to death and then reconstitutes. Like, you can't kill her. Mm. She just kind of resets. She gets super upset and she is having to prostitute herself to make money because that's the only thing that is that is that art i think she would make the argument yes it's all art madre isn't art art all the way down she wakes up in the back of a cart full of dead people because they were just collecting the dead like that bit from monty python where they're tossing the corpses yeah exactly it's bring out your dead except she's not dead yet she's not she wakes up and crawls her way out of the corpse cart which freaks everyone else out who's watching and then they forget when they turn around i was about to say then does she just go off screen and they just go back to what they were doing exactly but she did lose the bird that she stole from her dad she still has the bird yeah no well not anymore that's a physical object how come it's still with her well it's not anymore she lost it fletcher yeah she had that knife too i mean she can keep things for a little bit i guess but the author straight up just says in the text the last bit of her old life was gone 
Like, I mean, she still yeah. got her name. It's not very... She got her hair. Well, she can't say your name, Madre. That's also part of the curse. She can't say her own name. She has to make up names. She's still in France. What, what name does she make up for herself? She uses a lot of different ones, a lot of aliases. Can't you just... But it's like a big thing with her is that she can't say her own name. and She gets super butthurt about it. I'm like, well, when you're cutting a deal with Satan, you have to account for some margin of error here. So is Satan a fae, or does he just contract out? He doesn't say he's Satan. He just says he's older and more powerful than the human race or something. It's a very thin... Big vin- deal. The human race isn't that old. About the name. So couldn't you just spell the name differently and pronounce it the same? Because those are two distinctly different names. Normally, I disagree with you, Fletcher, but the loopholes for this curse do not make the slightest bit of sense. She just can make people remember her through art and memory manipulation. It's very unclear about what the specifics are, but I don't think that would work. Well, that's because art touches the soul, Spencer. Yeah, you know what else touches the soul? Fucking Satan. And he shows up and starts styling on her and taunting her, and she just wants to know why he didn't make a fair deal with her. And then he has to explain that, you know, like, the sooner I fuck with you and you give up, I get your soul. So it's kind of in my benefit not to help you. Like, are you tracking that yet? Are you telling me that Satan is, in fact, not a stand-up guy? Are the rules written down somewhere? Yeah, I guess Satan is kind of a douche nozzle. So Oliver learning under the witch never mentioned that Satan wasn't the guy you should pray to? Uh, she said not to. She just wouldn't say the horrible side effects that would happen if you did. Do we see the old witch anytime more, or is she just there to teach her magic and she's gone? Uh, Estelle is also kind of there as a, a role model for her. She goes back and visits the grave and thinks about her a lot. Like, oh, she lived her own life despite the fact that the village wanted her to get married. I respect her so much. Now, considering she was a witch, you know, wanting That's her to true. get married getting was like the married. least severe punishment you could think of. All, thi- all things considered, she did pretty well for herself as a witch in ancient France. I'll give her that. But uh, the darkness, he's like taunting her, dancing around, uh, doing like a sick Fortnite dance at her. Orange justice. And he uh, decides that he's just going to say, you will surrender yourself to me. And then he teleports away. And uh, mark that bit down because he teleports away from basically every conversation he has with her. Like he never just leaves normally. Is it like like the Harry Potter thing where just like... Pop he done. blends into the shadows or something. I was about to say, like, like puff of smoke. And everything he does is shadow based. That's why his name is the darkness. I guess it's not the most subtle thing, but at least he's on brand. Quick, grab a flashlight. Wait, how does Addy Larue beat Satan? We'll get oh. there. You think she beats him, Fletcher? That's interesting. Mm. Well, anyway, we get we get Henry who's having lunch with his drug abusing hipster art critic sister Muriel, and they're talking about uh, Passover and how their meanie older brother Doctor keeps pestering Henry, who is going on thirty, about if he wants to work in retail his whole life. Sounds like a like conversation you'd have with a family member if you're concerned about their future. Where do I gotta be, man? I got everything fucking figured out, dude. I'm in Brooklyn. I got sex. I got Working parties. At Walmart. Yeah, you're a doctor. What are you contributing? Uh-uh, not like a really, a bookstore. Like, oh yeah, a bookstore. Like in a hundred years, what will you have, man? And then we get Addie just hooking up with like a random old ex-girlfriend who she was manipulating, and they go home and have sex. And like, there's a bunch of these scenes where Addie just like hooks up with a random dude or mentions like them like getting it on with a, some dude who isn't Henry. It's it's weird because like we're fifty percent of the way through the book at this point, and the main characters have had like one interaction. So she sees the guy that looks exactly like her dream like person. Yeah, like the devil. And goes out of her way to not have sex with that guy. Like, you see your soulmate. <laughs> you know, it, it, that, you yeah. keep continuing so to have casual sex Roger, with his hipster the friends. The point of the story is casual sex. You can't have sa- casual sex with your dream guy. Does, 
does sex even mean anything to her anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's fun, Fletcher. In a it's romance fun. novel. 300 years, not a single bit of life has been drained away from this woman. And actually, that's her reason for continuing existence, because the next flashback is uh, the darkness oh, asking her, it, yeah, we're going back again. This time, it's the darkness, and he shows up. He's like, so, uh, you bored yet? Because it's been a few years, and, like, you don't seem to be doing super hot. Bet. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this shit mid. Well, her argument is that life's actually pretty sweet because she got to see some elephants in the circus and drink champagne, and she heard a fiddler. And, and she I love being in denial. She wouldn't have got to do coping. any of that stuff if she had not cut a deal with the Dark Lord. I mean, she might have done some of those stuff. Well, she wouldn't have got to do all of it, and that's the important part, <laughs> isn't it? Because now, now the darkness just kind of wigs out. You know, for Satan, he loses his cool super fast because he just goes... <laughs> full edgelord and immediately starts yelling when you can no longer bear it you will beg me for me to end your misery and then like he just teleports away again so what is he like omni-man is he just what will you have after 500 years he's just here to steal her resolve and like you're making the right decision just telling you all right i'll be back this is the longest story of job i've ever heard (laughs) yeah except she doesn't learn anything and i don't think she feels bad about any of it well, we finally get Addie going back to the bookstore because she doesn't know that Henry also has Satan shit going on. And she wants to exchange the book. She's like, can I trade this in? I was wondering if it had any value. And then he's like, you know, you, next time you try to, like, steal something, you probably shouldn't return it to the dude you stole it from. You know, he's like, yeah, I remember you. At this point, I thought my audio book broke because she says i remember you for a full paragraph as she has like a mental breakdown just on repeat <laughs> i remember you i remember you. yes exactly remember like you. that for like 30 seconds and i had to check my phone to make sure that i wasn't imagining anything and then you know after having that mental break she, they decide to go get coffee and she charms him you say charm so you mean like, no not witchy she actually never does witchcraft again after she summons satan she kind of forgets all that stuff uh, it's good that she's upholding her mentor's spirit. So Addie LaRue just must be really dumb, because I guess that this guy had a contract within, like, five minutes. Well, she's not... She's had a lot of years, I guess, Fletcher. Wouldn't that make you smarter? Like you said, she's learned, like, a bunch of languages, she's seen a bunch of shit, and she just doesn't Age doesn't, doesn't make know? you smarter, Fletcher. It just makes you, uh, more... More set in your ways. Yeah, look at the boomers. <laughs> well... Addie LaRue might actually not be the smartest because then she's we get a flashback to her in France where she broke into some mansion and is eating some lady's bonbons. <laughs> I, I was kind of just hoping that she would meet this guy that could remember the one guy who can't and just completely punt the first impression because she <laughs> thought she wasn't going to be remembered. We uh, have Addie and she's sitting in some dress that's all fancy. Uh, she Well, she snuck into some manor and then the darkness shows up and kind of just face palms. He's like, this is the best you can do with immortality mortality like i gave you everything that you asked for and this is how you're using it it turns out the devil is just defeated by a lack of ambition a fair criticism actually he uh, then (laughs) decides that he's gonna have dinner with her and he mind controls all the servants in the house to like make them a five course meal or something so he's just the beast from (laughs) beauty and the beast well he finally gets a name here that's why this that's why i took the time to take notes on this conversation he gets the name luke you get it l-u-c you get it? You tracking so far? It's like, like... She uh, then hits him with the Wishmaster argument. You know, if you just give me what I wanted, I'd eventually have gotten bored and like given you my soul. We both could have been happy. Because apparently hell hath no fury like a woman denied her immortality and instead <laughs> cursed in a Faustian bargain. He continues to troll her like throughout this meal. And then he's just saying stuff like, you know, you're actually 
probably not that good at making deals. I don't know like what you expect to try to like strong arm me here. I'm Satan. I have magic. I don't know what you're really expecting to accomplish. Am I supposed to be rooting for Satan? I am. I wasn't at first, but he actually seems fairly reasonable the farther along we go. <laughs> he uh, then decides that he's had enough and says that, you know, like every time you steal something, somebody else is paying for that. Like you're still affecting the world in a very negative way. Yeah, you know what insurance is? And then he teleports away. What happens if Addie LaRue steals a car? I assume the car would be moved. Or does it, like, disappear? I assume once she's done, it would go back to where it was. Okay. So, Addie and Henry, they're getting along swimmingly. They decide to go on a date, and he, he's a he's a nice guy. He takes her to a pinball arcade, and they're having fun there, doing hipstery a stuff in Brooklyn. pinball arcade in 2014 New York. Yeah. Took the artist to a pinball arcade. And then he she takes him to an underground rave in an abandoned subway tunnel with blasting music that she helped set up by incepting a music promoter's mind to create this club. Quick question. You say she, he brought her to a, like an underground subway rave. Has like any part of the story mentioned like the advancement of technology and how it's impacted her outlook? No, actually that never comes up. She just likes movies. Does she ever mention like great historic events like the world wars and like the tragedy? Connor, Holocaust? you think we're getting out of she, 18th century France? She's oh. detached from that. She's above it. Oh, well, petty, uh, pe- petty. We're tragedy. like 60% of the way through this book, and finally, Henry and Addie bang. And actually, I do have to give the author props for this, for not teasing it out further. Uh, normally, the sex scenes in romance books, they like wait till the very end, and I will give her props for at least making it quick, painless. We got to the point. We can, <laughs> we can move on with the story. Didn't go out of her way to describe it as... Disgusting? Ugly. No. Weirdly <laughs> enough, it, it, that is not the way she decided to go with this so one. The Last pretty, of Us approach <laughs> sex scenes. They're both pretty good at banging, then. I would imagine so. Um, him from volume, her from length of time, but... Oh, yeah. I did, they didn't... That they, master they didn't, theologian. They didn't mm. get super far into it, actually. Like, it wasn't a main focus. Instead, what we get is the start of 200 years of flirting between Luke and Addie. We uh, start off, and she's in a coffee house in old-timey France where Voltaire is. And then she has, like, a Frankenstein he's, moment. They say Dude. where Voltaire is. Is he, like, actually in the store? Yeah, he's, like, he's like in the store, but she doesn't know who he is at this point, so she doesn't care. Wait, which book did uh, Voltaire write? Which one was it? Candidate? Candidate? El Candide? Yeah. So, so yeah. you guys know that. But you refuse to read a great piece of literature like this. But, but you're, you're specifically choosing this book because it sucks. And it sucks. I go into everything with an open mind, Fletcher. And we have some real introspection here when Addie demonstrates a Frankenstein moment and teaches herself to read. Yeah, kind of like Tarzan does. She uh, she got taught letters by her dad, so she knew the basics. But she doesn't know how to read until some guy she's dating at the time is like, man, I think women should be able to read. That's the problem with 18th century France. <laughs> and he goes for illiterate chicks because of this. Well, it, I suppose it's kind of a groomer-esque situation. So is this something Voltaire taught her? or just No, no, Voltaire is just there. He gets pointed out by the boyfriend. He's like, oh, man, check it out. That's Voltaire. He inspired me to come to Paris. So wait, is this who Addie LaRue like learns her sociopathic tendencies from? No, that's inborn. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the darkness because he shows up periodically to troll her and ask her if she's ready to feel that life is worthless and give up her soul yet. And he's doing like the negging thing that pickup artists do, where he's just like Isn't everything this just sucks. Just stolen from that story in the Sandman, where the Sandman gives that guy immortality and comes and asks if he wants to die every hundred years. I I, th- I think it's been 
done a little bit, but what I like to imagine here is that the devil, with his own little twist, is kind of taking a pickup artist spin to it. Like he's dressing up like that dude Mystery, where he's got the big funny hat. Because the thought process of the devil showing up, but he looks like Jamiroquai, where he's got like the tracksuit and the big <laughs> fluffy hat. To me, that makes it something more touching. And Addie LaRue is just the plain hometown girl who's going to fix the big bad boy and turn him into a nice, loving man. Well, if anything, Satan's putting the work in. Like, she's just kind of there to receive his affections. If anything, this is a guide for us as men that persistence and dark magic are the way into a woman's heart. Speaking of Satan, why would he get mad at LaRue? Isn't he, like, infinitely always going to be? How many of these deals does he got going on that he needs to focus on this one? Couldn't he just time travel forward? It doesn't seem like he cares about his own I'm rules. hearing a lot of questions right now. <laughs> And I feel like if you guys will just let me explain, we're going to answer at least a quarter of them. We get a dinner party instead. Didn't Isn't that awesome? like a dinner party? Like, not... Like, well, this is a different dinner party. This is Henry's dinner party with his friends. The only people do in New York oh. is have sex and have dinner Wait, parties. We're so, so we're back to New York now. Oh, yeah. Did the rave go well? Was the that? rave went excellent because apparently they're just getting along swimmingly. Uh, he, does still, he still doesn't know that uh, she has a curse from Satan and disappears from people's memory the second her, their back is turned. Man, both these characters are fucking brainless. That rave song was suspiciously focused on you. We uh, instead get all of Henry's friends... A bunch of artists, actors, they're all showing up. And the weird part is right here, it feels like a conservative view of New York City because they're all either gay or bisexual <laughs> and like polyamorous relationships and highly dysfunctional with per interpersonal. Yeah, who did you say wrote this? Victoria Schwab. And where is she from? I'm not sure. I didn't get that information. But it was it was a little funny because here it's re I realized... Addie is technically a bisexual witch in league with the devil, which I think proves the Inquisition at least partially correct in their assessment of threats. Well, you know, broken clocks are right twice a day. Nah, but here we get Henry's deal backstory, Fletcher, if you're curious. Because he got dumped when he proposed to his girlfriend, and he goes on a bender, and then who shows up but old Satan himself, and he uh, offers him the ability to be loved by everyone. But isn't he, like, in a bender right now? Doesn't this seem like it's kind of unfair to make the deal? Satan. Oh. Altered mental status does not stop Satan deals. Does Actually, it? it doesn't stop regular deals. There's a famous court case. You can get a guy drunk and still make Oh, so Satan's using U.S. law? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that we can at least have some common ground to work on. He's no more malicious than a normal lawyer than I guess. Connor, since you asked, uh, Victoria Schwab is from California. Hmm. So she's just speaking to her truth, her reality. <laughs> We uh, get Henry, and he's feeling so down that he agrees. And I'm telling you guys this early so you can keep it in mind. He sells his soul for 12 months of being completely irresistible to everyone. 12 months. Doesn't that seem like you just get really tired of it after a while? Oh, well, he's also about to jump off a building when he makes this deal. I'm going to tell you guys that early, too, because the suicide angle doesn't appear until later. Bro, just go home. Get some sleep. She's so not worth it. In this deal, does Satan have to talk him into life until it in, until hey, the term? Hey, hey, buddy, come on. Step, take a step back here. Let's talk about this like reasonable. You still got eleven months of being irresistible. Wouldn't Satan get a soul anyway if he committed suicide? Well, not if he was going to heaven or something. No, but if you commit suicide, that's a sin. Wait, but is heaven real? Because we've already talked about how he isn't really Satan. He's just like an elder deity. Enough questions. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, also get information that. Uh, 
apparently their curses work in tandem and they Addie and Henry have a conversation and explain it and that's why their curses work on each other and that's why they can like he can remember it and yeah she, magic is like drug it's a there are synergistic effects I'm literally too much of a brainlet to understand what they were talking about but it is in there they give an explanation and then we get more of Henry's backstory of him being monkey pod but with lots of sex so Satan is writing this love story in a way. He's crafted both these curses to weave a beautiful love story where he's the third <laughs> wheel. It's Satan's, I don't write tragedies, I like write love stories. I write sins. <laughs> I write love stories, not sins. And uh, we also find out that Henry's friend B has like found Addie LaRue in different pieces of art through out history the first person it he, only took several hundred does, years does he like bring it to henry he's like yo does this does this remind you of anybody well b is a woman and she, since she can't remember Addie larue no she doesn't do that <laughs> the next 10 percent of the book though is literally henry flashback to his family friends his ex-dean his ex-girlfriend everyone like now throwing themselves on him about how like beautiful and his awesome he is dean yeah because he, ah. ki- he got kicked out of theology school remember well his ex-dean shows up and offers him a tenure track position because he's really a smart kid he just didn't get the right uh chance to show off what he really knows yeah. and he's not going to trade sex for positions of power we I mean, use like, Satan. Well, it's not just irresistible like <laughs> sex, Connor. It's irresistible like however you want to view him positively. It's mind control magic. It's very vague. Man, this sucks. This guy got a raw into the deal. Well, we do need a cool scene that's a ripoff from Ghost, where like Henry is holding charcoal in his hands and Addie's moving his hands to draw stuff, because I guess that also gets around the loophole. See, this, this, more of this makes me think that Satan purposely crafted these two curses to weave a beautiful love story, where for some reason he's the... The, the third, third male, wheel. yeah, the guy who's left out. Well, like I said, Satan's the best wingman, and he's trying to ruin that relationship that he made. Well, we get a bit more of that, Madre, when they go out for lunch, and then Addie gets super mad at Henry because he's like, you know, stealing stuff is actually wrong. I can just pay for like our lunch. We don't actually have to dine and dash or screw over the waitress. I can even leave a tip. And then she gets immensely butthurt, tipping at the fact <laughs> that he is offering to pay for her. Apparently, she'd much rather steal than allow people to get Listen, what they're due. You don't get to stop me from stealing, okay? That is my that is my right. God as given a woman. right. Well, it actually—that's basically her argument. That's what it boils down to. It's how I get by, Henry. It works for me. Yeah, but what about okay? But else? she doesn't need to do that now, right? She oh, it's it's cool. Uh, the whole thing here is just to highlight the fact that she has absolutely no relationship experience because she never dated anyone before she got cursed, and she couldn't after. And I then realized that she spent 314 years without ever having a boyfriend. Just one night stands. Uh, so the first argument is nearly the most fatal one to their relationship. It's kind of like how you don't get vaccinated as a kid, so, the, so when you get sick, it comes out real worse as an adult. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit weird to realize, but then like they get over it or something. And Henry's like writing down all of her stories in his dumb notebook because he wants to be a writer, but he also knows he has no talent. But he can record other people's stuff. But he's not good at writing, didn't the? Uh, oh, he doesn't have to be. He just can copy word for word. She's good at storytelling. Well, when is being a bad writer stopped anyone from? Wait, getting so published? this means that he's literally ghost writing? Okay, we're through it. We're through. The initial setup. Thank God. Because now, oh yeah, because now we get a flashback where the romance between Satan and Addie really kicks off. And this was withheld from us until now? 
I wanted to get your honest opinion on how you thought this was going to go. So we need to be invested in the current day relationship so that we're that much more distraught when back in time. So wait, is this still 18th century France? No, no. Now we're in London. Okay, What's so we're in London. Uh, 19th century, mid-1800s or something, because uh, what's happening here is Addy is messing with the devil, taunting him, and then he drops this amazingly badass line, take your echoes and pretend they are a voice. And then uh, she's like, you know, we're actually not so different, you and me. Like, you know, wait, I th- she's giving Satan that. Wait, she's, wait. she's likening Listen, herself to around, Satan? You've been around for a while, but you're not quite as satanic as I am, devil. Well, uh, you know, you're lonely, devil. That's your problem. And he's like, you know what? I want to show you something. So he grabs her and teleports her through the shadows. And they uh, find Beethoven at the other end. And he's like screaming for more time. And uh, then Luke makes like another pretty badass line. They always ask for more time. And it's like, you can either give me your soul or I can take it. And then Beethoven's like screaming no and for help. And so the devil, the most beautiful man in Addy's mind, his skin suit breaks open and eldritch horrors spill out like Cthulhu. And then he Kalimaz Beethoven and just punches through his chest and rips out his soul. So what's even the point of him making the deal if he can just take the soul? Well, he can't take it until you make the deal. He can, he can only mind that, control you, The deal you, that Addy LaRue enforced upon does, Satan, remember? Why does he even... He was talking about how he, like, was mad that he, she hadn't given up yet. So he can just take the soul now, right? Yeah, but part of her deal is she has to give in. Yeah, Beethoven didn't get the deal. Yeah, he didn't get that good. He didn't get that rider, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> he went for the green M&M bowl <laughs> instead. We uh, didn't get a flash forward Fletcher and it's Henry and Addy and they're at a concert and my boy Toby is back and he's singing the song that Addy put into his brain which is a good thing apparently and uh, then she has like a mini freak out about how the fact that like nothing she does really matters and life is meaningless she goes in like a whole existential dread thing welcome to life she's 314 you think she'd be over it at this point you know you see actual all actually all development of her mental state also stopped when she made the deal so admittedly satan's first date with addy not the best there was a lot of soul ripping probably more than he intended but we get a second date he gets his redemption shot when he takes her and kidnaps her satan gets a second date wait i thought we were just at the rockstar concert with toby oh no we're back in time now again we jumped like 40 years ahead in the flashback timeline okay we uh, get, instead, Wagner's Der Ring des Nibelungen, his grand opera that the devil takes her to, that she apparently also has an appreciation for. Of course, the devil's a Wagner fan. Oh, well, he's not just a fan. He wrote it. Wait, what? Yeah, the oh, devil yeah. wrote it? Yeah, because yeah, he also mentions that like, he wrote Shakespeare, he wrote Wagner's work. Uh, oh, so does that mean I that get, so he embodies every artist, and that's part of the reason she falls for him is because he is every great this is, work. This is what the conservatives have been saying this whole time, Madre. Art is satanic. Art is directly tied to evil. Does that Look mean that you're a Beatles. devil worshiper if you just like art? Uh, or if you are a fan of John de Art, because apparently she made a deal with the devil too. Wait, I thought she was specifically meant to be like super holy. Uh, he says that he can impersonate other gods periodically. Wait, like even the Judeo-Christian one? Yeah, he, apparently he's cool with that kind of thing. And uh, then we get a 40-year jump. There's a romantic New Year's in an English cottage between Satan and Addy. You said 40 years again, so this is early 20th century? 
it's like 1890 or something because uh, okay. he gives her a warning like, hey, World War One's going to happen. And she's like, well, that doesn't sound very fun. And she leaves for America. <laughs> hey. So you thought something interesting was about to happen, Connor, and she successfully avoided who, who it. Who brought up earlier that, that like, it was you, right? That was Connor. I was talking about, like, how she needed to, like. Yeah, like, she's been around for 300 years, seen a lot of historical events. None of that's important. Yeah, more or less. Oh, okay. okay. Was that not clear? But what's important here is how much sex she's getting from the devil. A living record from an eyewitness who's seen it all. Boring. You know what could be cool, though? Some witty one-liners. Who knew the gods could be so nostalgic? Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to find any in this book. That's not true. She's whimsical. Well, when she's not being morose. Or stealing her way across the country. Or casually manipulating people. Or being sex. a witch. Yeah, she might have some negative qualities, but her Tinder page is still not the worst I've seen. I want to give her some credit there. We uh, get a lot of Addie and Henry hanging out, yada, yada, yada. They're the love of each other's lives. And the day of the anniversary that Addie made the deal shows up. 300 years. And like every year on the anniversary, the devil shows up and he does his, like, hey, are you ready to give in yet bit? Uh, so she's worried that he's going to freak out because they've had a relationship in the past and he's jealous. Wait, the super entity that can... But the weird part is is that Henry has to be like, yeah, we met, Listen, actually. before anything else, Satan is a spurned ex-boyfriend, okay? Yeah, honestly, at this point, he stops being the devil and just becomes an obsessive ex because he shows up on Addie and Henry's date, freezes everyone in time, and then talks about very coyly, oh, whatever time Henry has left, that is. And he disappears into the shadows. Turns out Henry's got 35 days left. And this is like when Addy, this is like when we, the reader, find out for the first time, oh, the dumb watch he's been having the whole time. That actually clicks down to zero. So wait, can Addy have kids? No. Why not? What do you mean, why not? (laughs) She undoes any physical action as soon as she's out of the frame of reference. What are you talking about? (laughs) So what if, like, Toby just stares at her until she's, like, Stares at her until she's pregnant. (laughs) I'm going to stare at you for nine months. (laughs) You know, whatever it takes. Without any sleep? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad that that hypothetical is what's on your mind here, and not the fact that Satan is now prowling around like a sex pest. (laughs) We get a World War II flashback, though, Connor. Ayo. She's in prison, though. Ayo. She's been imprisoned by the Nazis. And this is where she pulls out the ring that the devil gave back to her earlier. Wait, how did she get thrown in prison if no one can remember her? Oh, they can still see her. Like she was caught and they carried her all the whole way to the prison without ever breaking eye contact? I, the the Germans cameras? are efficient. We'll give them that. This just in, Nazis are stronger than magic. We get Addie. She's in prison. She has the ring that Luke gave her earlier that uh, apparently summons him. And it's like a part of their deal because she was all upset that he could show up whenever he wanted to, but she couldn't call him. So she finally gives in, summons him up, and he just unlocks the cage and lets her out. But what, but why what would do you have do left that? to give? Like your soul's already on the line. Well, I, why wouldn't the Satan kid her out of the cell? Like, isn't the whole point he wants her to feel bad about life? I no, at, like- th- at this point they're just kind of like dating. There's a lot of sexual tension building up. You really have to read the book to get the full prevalence of that, Connor. It's uh, it's not pleasant. I will say that because the whole time that she's like trying to make the devil seem like some tragic figure i can only think yeah but he ripped beethoven's soul out <laughs> wait does he do the same thing to wagner too then off camera exactly connor you got it we don't want to show too much of the soul reaving right now instead what we get is uh them in hollywood and then like a little jump forward 
and uh, Luke shows up, takes her to a Sinatra concert, another deal of his, and uh, then they teleport away and start having sex in a weird magical shadow thing. So art in this book is just to kind of establish that... He's deep, yeah. ...that things exist, and then it's just a backdrop for sex. It was like, we see old blue eyes, we have sex, we watch Wagner, we have sex. We go to a dinner party, we have sex. And then, like, they're living together in New Orleans for, like, 60 years or something. Him soul-ripping, her shopping, until one day they have a fight, and she burns down the house they're living in. That seems kind of extreme. Well, it's also the only time that she's ever affected anything, and apparently it's just cool. So Satan just lets it happen? Yeah, I guess it's, like, part of his bit. Why would bit. Satan want a house? Because she is convinced that this is all an elaborate plot by Satan, a hundred-year gambit to get her to give in and surrender her soul. And then she, like, wigs out. Because she has some commitment issues. It took her a hundred years to think of that. Okay, well, she's not the like we said. She's not the smartest. Okay, but she has a good heart. You know, for Satan, actually, he's been surprisingly honest with his intentions. Yeah, I don't think he ever like straight up lies to her. It's more like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Deal with it. But he even said that he was like evil. Well, he agrees to that if she gives him a pity date, he'll reconsider killing Henry and stealing the soul. I've reconsidered it. Answer's no. Yeah, that's actually what he does here. But he does get the pity date out of it, Connor, and he takes her out for Chinese food at her favorite spot. And then she starts talking about Henry, and he throws a temper tantrum. And I love the temper tantrum bit because the food starts <laughs> actively rotting like around him. Isn't like the rule number one of dates that you don't talk about your exes? The funny part is she says that she's going to get Henry off the hook with his date through psychological manipulation. And the very next words are, about my current boyfriend. <sighs> Yeah. Why is it that the the chick's only personality trait is art and they keep taking her to pinball arcades, Chinese restaurants? <laughs> like she likes art. Why not just take her to see some art? Well, uh he, actually the devil takes her to a concert, Madre. He's oh. thinking of her. Who's playing? Someone not important. Skillet. Yeah, now, now that it's past Frank Sinatra, it's no longer whimsical and nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, it turns out Justin Bieber sold his soul to Satan, got some power. When do we find out Chris Cornell sold his soul? Never. Chris Cornell was a gem. Guys, I think you're not seeing the obvious answer. Imagine Dragons. How else would you keep those songs on the Ooh, radio that is so true. long? We uh, get Luke and Addie hanging out at a rave, and he's like, okay, you know what? I want to make you a deal. You point out somebody, I'll take their soul instead. And she goes what? for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was a test. You failed. How long did she have to think about it? Literally seconds. Why did she? Did she but she, oh my 300 God. 300 years and she's still that little peasant girl. Why isn't she smarter? the villagers. I st- this, she must be a perfect match for Satan. I wasn't seeing it before, but now I she, think. Well, then the devil finds, he's like, he's like, yeah, I was just goofing. I'm actually not going to do that, you know. He's less evil than her. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we get it, it, luke reveals this was all part of his master plan to get her soul he set up henry and Addie wow. perform their curses I, I said that didn't i doesn't that I ruin the effect that. if you tell it though yeah madre well, are you satan you're not as nice i guess uh, yeah, i guess madre is satan in this context or at least he has the capability to think like a millennia old being of darkness the goal here was for luke to get Addie back on the dating market and once she's available, you know, because her boyfriend's going to die in like 30 days or He's something. He's going to hit it on the rebound? Hell yes. He was playing the long game. Not that tr- long. I, I guess for an immortal being. Yeah, it's not long. Well, he didn't fairy. He like ferries her because she shows up like after that night and it's been a week. And uh, she, then like Henry and Addie, they just kind of like hang out 
for the remainder of their time together. There's like going on dates, like picnics, and they're <laughs> so taking walks. Did you get my soul back from the devil at that pity date? Let's not talk about that quite yet. That's more of a dinner well, conversation. Let's focus on enjoying, say, the next two weeks. We uh, instead get Addie and them just, like I said, going on dates. And uh, then at the very end of this time on Earth for Henry, it turns out Addie cut another deal with Satan. Wait, another deal? Yeah, she meets him in a bar, and uh, then she's like, well, what you actually want is me. So uh, if you don't kill my current boyfriend, I'll go out with you again. And Satan falls for the simp trick again. Oh, he goes for it hard, dude. Because like then like at the end of the time, like Addie and Henry are hanging out of roof. He's like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. And she's like, No, no, no. By the way, like I love you. And then she's pulled like into the shadows via teleportation magic. I decided not to tell you that you're going to live. Man, Satan sucks. And I'm not. Well, Henry takes this opportunity and instead takes all of her journals he's been collecting this whole time and writes the book The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue so she can Roll get remembered. Credits. This is so- oh. Yeah, That's it's one of those. It it's one of those. Oh my god. So a man wrote it. Interesting. Well, <laughs> I mean, we've seen her intelligence level. It took her a hundred years to figure out the devil might Wait, be playing her. He could he could describe himself in any way, and he describes himself as some plain dude. Yeah, we get Henry. He's talking about how he put all this thing together, the whole book. It's international because Addie's in London when she picks it up with the darkness she's hanging out with. Ugh. Yeah, and then we find out that she actually has a master plan in place because the wording that she used is that he gets her until he no longer wants her, and he's quite fickle. So she's going to mind break the devil. She plans to use some heartbreak techniques, Kinky. psychological manipulation. But he's I don't know. He, he's simping pretty hard. This is going to be a tough nut to crack. Why would you simp over some random chick? From because like the she 1700s? is pure evil, as she's demonstrated in this story. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of evidence pointing that she is perhaps not the best person, Fletcher. You know, maybe she's the devil all along. Well, Fletcher, that's certainly one way we could go with it. Perhaps she was merely forced by circumstances beyond her control. I don't believe that. She wanted that deal. Well, no, she just didn't want to be sold like a piece of cattle, I guess. <sighs> Fletcher, you seem really upset right now, and I'm unfortunately going to have to break it to you that this is not getting a movie adaptation. I know you were excited. When are we getting the sequel? I don't think ever. It just sounds like she's got the plan to mind break the devil and that's it. And honestly... So she poofs out of nowhere while the devil's working? It was like, so you think about letting me go yet? Well... (laughs) Immortality sure is boring, ain't it? Hey, I mean, you can be the devil. Just look at that guy with the fiddle. Altogether, I actually have to give this thing like a 9 out of 10 for the genre it's in. Uh, And I know you can't get it as I'm explaining it to you, Fletcher, but... The level of writing in there is actually pretty good. Like it has a lot of visuals, a lot of introspection. It you Just get lost not on in the character. It's like a near stream of conscious writing. And honestly, no, it's not on the characters. But like their inner thoughts when they're alone and then transitioning from place to place actually works really well. Like uh, by itself, I'm gonna get like a seven out of ten. But for a romance book, this is leagues beyond anything else I've come across. So if you don't like romance books, you'll fucking hate this. Oh, it sounds like you might, Fletcher, even though there was a perfectly good Faustian bargain story in there. No, no, there wasn't. So Faust is overrated. So she's the Stephen King of romance in that the twists are disappointing or the horror thing. No, that she can't write an ending. 
Well, she she actually kind of gave up on the whole horror thing. There's like one scene where the devil takes away her enhanced youth that he gave her for free, and she like turns into an old cripple woman, and then he like he gives it right back. But she doesn't forgive him for like 80 years after that, which to me is holding a bit of a grudge because it was only in retaliation to her slapping him. Mm. She initiates. It seems like an overreaction. She initiates Ooh, a lot of her own abuse. problems. Wait, it hurt him enough that he could like he felt it. Yeah, he wasn't expecting it. My other big gripe with this was like it takes the man from Earth perspective, and then it does nothing with it. Like, like I said, like we have nothing but France, a bit of England, World War One, World War Two, one Hollywood, and one New Orleans. What about the rest of Europe, India? Yeah, she Asia? never. She ne- apparently has never Malaysia. traveled the world, which to me is the craziest which was her thing. Initial aspiration. Yeah, she's just kind of farting around well, she big cities. The world, she really meant the the. 18th century conception of the world. The Anglosphere world. What do you mean, guys? She went to the new world. What more do you want? Altogether, I'm going to recommend it. I don't care what you guys are saying. It's, for a romance book, actually pretty decent. So thank you for listening. Uh, You can find our Patreon link in the description. And if you'd like to email us, we have our email set up at remedial.lit at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.